Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's Books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's Books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. What? I like to move it, move it. <laughs> I like to move it, move it. Right. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. Good enough. <laughs> Hello. I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. And this is a podcast uh, that we do together. Yeah. And I, I, I have a question for you. Yes. All right. So I'm listening to a friend's podcast. And on the podcast, well, it was actually a friend was interviewed on another podcast. And it became very clear that on the podcast that he normally does, each person on the podcast, and there are three of them, do specific personas that kind of take on roles. Uh, and I was wondering, do we do that? Do we take on personas? Yes. Do uh, Are the people who speak into this microphone the same people who are going to leave this room? Like, Or do we have specific personas that we make for this podcast, would um, you say? I think I'm... I, I, I can only speak for myself. Okay. This is... You know me. You do know me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say you get a little manic. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's but, fair. Uh, but I think that helps, though, determine who's talking. Yes, like, I think that's true. You are, if you are more excited and more energetic mm-hmm. and have a higher voice and talk louder and faster, mm-hmm. people know that's you. Yeah. If it's slow and calm and steady and even, they know it's me. So we do have personas. I don't think it's different in real life versus podcasts. All right, that's fair. So they're not, they're out of necessity rather than inclination, shall we say? Those are big words. Yeah. <laughs> I like to string them together sound real pretty. <laughs> All right, what we do on this here podcast here? We talk about children's classic picture books. Oh, I was, uh, I was going to prompt you, and then you said the whole thing correctly, and oh. now I got nothing, so... That's correct, though. We do. We talk about classic children's books, and what do we do with those things? We rate them. Yeah, we do. And we say if they are good or bad or somewhere in or, the middle. Or just barely their classics. Just barely their toe over the line, just by a hair, a smidgen in yeah. classic territory. That is correct. Now, we have done, we have done quite a few of these so far, uh, it, but the tip of the iceberg when it comes to how many picture books are considered classics. But there is one kind of picture book that we have not done. Pop-up? Uh, I, true? <laughs> true? Now, see, now what you do, you see, I'm a children's <laughs> librarian but in my brain, so you say that, I'm like, what is the classic, the most classic-y classic pop-up book that was originally a pop-up book, not an adaptation into a pop-up book. I mean, like, originally a pop-up book. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna shuffle that to the side. Okay. Because I don't know the answer to that. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, this is, this is a, a weirder genre. Uh, the cult classic picture book. They exist. So you have your cult classic albums, you have your cult classic movies, and then you got your cult classic picture books. Okay. And these are picture books that 
Maybe they had, maybe they may have been successful when they came out. They may have been completely obscure. They were discovered over a fair amount of time. Uh, they had a huge influence on the children that read them, um, but they are still considered a little weird. And that's why they're not usually in the pantheon of classic children's literature, and yet they don't go away. They're continually in print and they're remembered. So I would say you could consider a cult classic to be a classic picture book. I'm betting on it. Can you give an example? Why, yes, I can. <laughs> I think I shall pull from my bag here. Do drumroll, please. The Lonely Creepiest Doll. Oh, yes. And you know what? That's not even... I, oh, how weird. I was showing you the back of the book, uh, but it's identical to the front, except the front actually has the creator's name. Oh, Dare Wright. Yes, that is right. The Lonely Doll. Oh, my sweet darling. If you think this is creepy, you ain't seen nothing Let yet. me just ask you. Sure. Before... I read it. Okay, I know what you're going to ask, but go right ahead. What am I going to ask? You're going to ask if there are any clowns in there. Exactly. There are no clowns. Thank goodness. Th I okay. I'm. I said that, and yet, uh, I'm not so sure that that's true. Actually, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes. This is a clown-free. If I see a clown on any of these pages, I will eat my this jar of quarters that is sitting next to me here. Uh, but I am I am almost one hundred percent certain there are no clowns in this book. Is his name really Dare? Her name. Thank her? you very much. Her name. Her yes. name is actually Dare. Oh yes, it was. Someone named their daughter Dare. Yeah, a woman by the name of Edith. Fun fact: name of this doll is Edith. Oh, let's not read too much into that. So wait, she named the doll after her mom. It gets weirder. Oh, what? this this is this is one of those books. Okay. And you're gonna have a delightful time with a this delightful time. Oh, huh? hey, you like that? I like, like that. that. Right. I do like that. Yes. Take this book. Okay. While Kate's reading the book, it's time for weird stuff about the book. Uh, weird stuff that I could bring up, but it's so weird that it would derail the conversation. So better than interrupt everything we're gonna talk about, uh, I'm just gonna mention it here. Now, I am making the assumption that Kate's going to find the book a little strange. I could be wrong. It could be she's gonna come back in here and love this book. I find it unlikely. So uh, here is just a fun little fact about the book that you may not know. In 2013, Actress Famke Janssen, or Janssen? I think it's Janssen, had an unsettling Greenwich Village home invasion. Now, nobody wants to be broken into, least of all the rich and famous. Hers was a little strange. Uh, a copy of the 1957 children's book, The Lonely Doll, was placed near her bed. That's it. So... If you have read this book, if you know this book, and if you've thought to this to yourself, this book is a little strange, think of it this way. At least no one has ever broken into your home and put it on your pillow. We're back. You're back. I'm back. With a book in hand. Yeah. And it was a kind of long one. It's got issues, man. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? There are so many psychological issues 
I, I can't even imagine what you could have even tried to dig out of this book. Mm -hmm. It's it's baffling to me. Mm. It's 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 blowing my mind. For sure, I'm yeah, sure it is. I'm shocked, shocked that you would find <laughs> anything strange. Shocked, I say. Shocked, I say. But these good people actually probably do not know uh, what this story is about. And I do have a lovely little description here. Um, so how I'd like you to do it is I would like you to read this in an old lady voice. <laughs> old lady voice. Old lady old voice. Old lady fiat. That's what I say. So like a 40-year-old woman. No, wait, wait. <laughs> what? What are you trying to imply? I'm talking granny from Looney Tunes. I want that oh. voice. Okay. Oh, okay. The lonely doll tells the story of a doll named Edith who lives by herself until two teddy bears called Mr. Bear and Little Bear appear in her life. One day, Mr. Bear goes out for a walk, leaving the two alone in the house. He returns to find they have rummaged in a closet for dress-up clothing, smeared themselves with makeup, and written, Mr. Old Bear is just a silly old thing in lipstick on the mirror. Mr. Bear proceeds to discipline both Little Bear and Edith, leaving Edith to worry that he will take Little Bear and leave. Mr. Bear assures her that he will never, ever leave her. So what'd you think? So many issues. Alright, well let's let's just uh let's see what, what you come up with here. So this doll who I can't tell lives in a normal sized house or a doll house. I believe she's in a normal sized house. Okay. Well, from the size of the lipstick that she's handling. Well, we that's my assumption. Yet. Okay. Though it is difficult to tell in some of these shots. Yeah. yeah I guess. So I should say this is all done in with photography as illustration, which this book came out in 1957 when you could still do that. It's not really done today. Um, but back then it was, it was more of a thing. So yeah, these are all photographs with actual dolls and actual bears. I say dolls. It's just one. One doll, two stuffed bears. That's right. And these two stuffed bears, um, that one day just show up at the door. Yeah. She says, you must have found me because I wish so hard. Neither bear confirms <laughs> nor denies this. <laughs> they just say, you must be Edith. I must okay, how do they know is... her name? Yeah. That's where... actually super creepy. Yeah, where do they come from? Yeah. How do they know her name? Yeah. How do they know she wanted friends? Mm. Have they been, like, stalking her? And It uh... wouldn't be hard. She she literally has no one. Right. Hence the title. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, right from that point, I was like, all right, these two are, have got yeah, a creepy agenda going on. There's something going on here. Um... So they seem to, you know, she's like, oh, great, I need friends. And they're like, okay, we'll be friends. And this is probably my favorite page. When uh, when it says, you know, Edith will never be lonely again. Little Bear was right. They did have fun. Tell me, <laughs> are any of those Okay, so she is running as fast as humanly possible away from the bears. The father bear appears to be chasing her. And the baby bear, who appears to be sitting on the floor, looks miserable. And is being dragged by the father bear while he chases Edith. Oh, that looks like super fun. Well, you've yeah. never played the old uh, get chased by dad and while he drags the baby on the ground game? 
one of my it, favorites. Is it a dad? Well, well hold think, on. Well, they we'll, call him. We'll get to okay, that. Okay, I, no, I'm fascinated by that, but all right. <laughs> um, I just love the idea that there's this woman who has a stuffed doll, two stuffed bears, and a camera, and is just <laughs> running around her city, just putting them in these odd little positions. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to set them up with a little sandcastle and click, click, click. Okay, I'm going to pretend like they're fishing now. And, uh, okay, I'm going to put this little fake fish in one of his little paws. Yeah, no, that's normal. Mm-hmm. No, this woman is totally normal. Yeah, no, this is... <laughs> but you, my favorite shot is there's a shot of her on the Brooklyn Bridge. And right. nobody is around. Like, I don't know... What, how did she get that shot? All right, I'm going to go to the Brooklyn Bridge on a day when there's plenty of light and not a single human being in sight on the Brooklyn Bridge and just put my dolls up and take a picture. Like, what day, what day was that? Was, was there a blackout? Like, was everyone required to stay in their homes? I just, I'm... I'm People, please, I'm, please, I'm making a children's book. <laughs> I need this doll and this bear to be alone on the bridge. I have nothing but... See, I, I took photography classes. I have nothing but respect for her photography skills, which I actually think are excellent. Uh, she's a very good photographer. She's just got a creepy story. Well, I didn't say anything about the story. (laughs) I'm just saying she's a great photographer. And this is what I don't get. Okay, so it's raining. Mm. The doll and little bear are by themselves. That's right. And they discover a beautiful dressing room with a big mirror. It's a very big house. Here's the thing. If she's been by herself for who knows how long, don't you think she would know every room in said house? Uh, I I I got one. No, I got two words for that. Magical realism. Magical realism. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the ma- the magic of storytelling. And this was the point where I'm like, is it a dollhouse or is it a real I'm house? I'm pretty sure it's a real house. Doesn't it seem big? I mean, it does. Oversized, <sighs> one might even say? At, at times, yes. But then at other times, she pulls on a dress that is fit for her. Well, you could make the argument that she is a doll in a house where the... Maybe it's a summer house and the humans have abandoned it for the summer and, and except it's clearly warm outside. Yeah, my theory just fell apart. <laughs> I have nothing. I got nothing. Um, I can say, though, that my least favorite character is Little Bear. Oh, really? More than he, Mr. Bear? He, Little Bear is the worst. Yeah, he's kind of the devil. How is he related to Mr. Bear? He's Mr. Bear's son. I mean, no, right? He doesn't say son. Whoa, they what? could just have it could be like an Avenue Q thor- sort of thing where you know not all monsters not all are bears related. are related. Not but all. But he's bears always holding related. his hand. I mean, I would just assume that if he's holding his hand, that I don't know if it's like a like a, a, a I'm not just gonna, a shorter bear. Well, I was thinking kind of like a pimp situation, you know, oh, where I they're see. like pretending to be related, but then they're actually just gonna maybe they're gypsies and they're just gonna go in and steal over. Steal what? She's a doll. Well, the little bear does go into a box of jewels. That's true. Not jewelry. If this is a heist, it is the worst regulated heist of all time. Yeah, he does get the jewel. He discovers the jewel box. I think you mean the jewel box, but yes. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he does, but does not, well, knock her out and then run away with the jewels. But where do they come from? Why are they here? I, this is always very unclear. And Little Bear has 
are they even there? Is this just like some weird conjuring up? Did the Maybe loneliness get to, imagination? It's all in her head. Like is she this conjured like a up Fight Club fake, sort of like, thing. So yeah, I mean, look at Tyler her. Durden is little bear. But if that was the case, shouldn't she be like looking in the mirror and there's like no bear there? But no, there is a bear there. But what if she there turns is? around and then there's like no bear? Well, there's a bear there because it's in her mind. Right, exactly, right. man. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. But this little... is Fight Club, the doll edition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, little bear. The first rule of lonely dolls: we don't talk about lonely dolls. We don't talk about bears. Mm. Yeah. And and this little bear has zero respect for Mr. Bear. And he says... No, he's got no respect. Yeah. He doesn't get spanked, though. I would he like does. to point out. He does? Oh, yes. he does. You're right. You're right. So, but my problem is, is that, well, number one, little bear doesn't speak up when she's getting spanked. He's, he's holding his paws up in horror. Yeah, because he can't watch. <laughs> Little Bear couldn't watch. He was afraid his turn was next. Well, and he was right. And he was right. Yeah. Well, he didn't have fluffy underwear to worry about. But here's the thing. She's, after she gets spanked, she's crying because she's scared that they're going to leave her. Yeah, that's sort of an abusive relationship ring right there. Yeah. And then, and then he says, Little Bear says, um, you stop crying, Edith. I'll put all the clothes away. I'll even tell Mr. Bear I'm sorry. That's not true. (laughs) Oh. Because it gets to the point where the doll goes to Mr. Bear and says, I'm sorry, I really don't think you're a bit silly. And then Little Bear Bear comes up and says, yes, we're sorry. And we cleaned everything up. He never says, I'm sorry. Right? Right. Psychological stuff going on. He was waiting for her to take the first step, and then he came on board after that. And even then, he doesn't say, I'm sorry. He says, we're sorry. Dude. Not cool, dude. Right? Okay, and this is the most confusing thing of all time. All right. At the very end, Mm -hmm. she hugs Mr. Bear and says, oh, thank you, thank you, Mr. Bear. I do just love you. I've been so happy since you came to be my friends. Is Mr. Bear a friend? Is he a father figure? He's a father figure. He's wearing a tie, right? So he's a father figure. You don't get to wear a tie if you're not a father figure. I mean, I can't really tell what that is. That's a tie. Is it a tie? It kind of looks like an ascot, sort of, because he's got. Is it a a, cravat? I don't know. Is it a neckerchief? (laughs) Is it a dicky? But. You know, at one That's point, a tie. At one point, a he poorly, teaches. Poorly. He he. Um, you if, know, he, if he's delivering the spankings, then he's the father figure. Right. Yeah. So he's not a friend. I know, like, but he's not her father. So what's she supposed to call him? Like surrogate uncle? Like I don't. Know. There's no term in the English language. I don't language know, Betsy. For the bear that shows up at your door and suddenly like takes over your life to the point where you have to obey. I like that you kind of skimmed over the spanking, which is, of course, the number one thing that 21st century parents, like, get to that point, and they're like, oh, oh, no! No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Well, she clearly defies him, calls him a name. What are you gonna do? Just take it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. Bear's so a woman with no children. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. This is very confusing, very right. psychological. I don't know what's going on. Where right. am I? I was fascinated to know what you would think of it, because... It is infamous. Um, it is one of those books. So here's a, here's a true story. I'm sitting in my office, uh, and my office was connected to the children's room uh, back at New York Public Library. 
and there was no connection between at the top of the wall between my office and the, where the children were. So I would just hear just screams every lunch hour. I'd just eat my lunch in there, hear the screams. It's what it was. And one day I'm eating my lunch, eating my sandwich in front of my computer, and I hear a woman starting to read this book. And I'm like, you know, I think I can take my lunch elsewhere. I think there's another part of the library I can take it because she had no idea what she was getting herself into. Here's where it gets really fascinating. Uh, there were 10 of these books. It was a series, my friend. This was just the beginning because it was a freaking hit. It was a New York Times children's book bestseller. And, uh, and it included such classics. Where were you the last time you read Edith and Little Bear Lend a Hand? Edith and Midnight. I love that title. Uh, the Lonely Doll Learns a Lesson. That sounds bleak. The doll and the... Yeah, I know, exactly. The doll and the kitten. Uh, a gift from the lonely doll. Her soul. So, in November of... Um, <laughs> Semicolon, her soul. Her soul. Like, it's very small print. Her soul. In November of 2010, the British newspaper The Guardian named The Lonely Doll one of the ten best illustrated children's books of all It's not time. illustrated. It's oh, photographs. Now that's a question. Are photographs illustrations? No. I would say yes. I argue yes. And and this is why. Those are freaking hard shots that she did. This doll was not one she made. She got it in the store and then painted its face to look like her. Because I'm going to show you a little picture of Dare Wright. I have a book here. name of the book is The Secret Life of the Lonely Doll. An entire book about Dare Wright. Because... This woman, there she is. You can see her right there. Uh, this woman had quite, quite, quite the life. Quite, quite the life you wouldn't want. She was uh, a lovely woman. Um, never married. Uh, had a relationship with her mother that one might not wish for. Uh, they were, let's just say they were close. And uh, yeah, she lived in New York City at the end of her life. And, oh my goodness me, it, it, the book, many people can read many things into this book. Now, uh, in 2017, the New Yorker ran a piece called The Creepiest Children's Book, uh, where it revealed that, indeed, in the six decades since it was published, The Lonely Doll has become a cult classic, and it is particularly beloved of a whole generation of women artists. Women artists apparently read this book as children, and go, I'm going to follow a career in art for the rest of my life. I mean, I get it with the photographs, maybe. The but... photographs are very well done. Uh, telling a story with photographs is not cool anymore. You will not find many books that do it these days. There are one or two every year. Because now we have digital photography and we have color and it's so much cheaper to make this kind of book. But it is not cool. Wait, wasn't there like an elf on the shelf? Like book did or was probably i mean i figured i figured maybe with photographs that would be maybe no, there know. was a the most popular photograph book at this moment in time is a self-published book about sheep that uh, got so popular that they a publisher picked it up um but generally speaking photos ain't cool they were cool back in the 50s we there's a bunch of books where photographs were, were the illustrations. And so the question is, could this could a book with photographs ever win a Caldecott? It's a moot point because 
there's never enough to really uh, to really connect. Do you want my my uh, connection to Dare Right? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I got the I got the swear jar. Here we go. Here we go. Boom. Okay. Name drop jar. Here we go. So I used to work in New York Public Library, right? And one day I stumbled on these books, these huge, heavy leather tomes where illustrators from the past century had come in and signed them. So you would have Maury Sendak who had signed, who would do a picture that would com compete with Ludwig Bemelmans, who was at the same event. They were super cool. All the best illustrators would come to the parties at New York Public Library. It was a cool place to be back in the day. And I'm going through the book and I'm enjoying everything. And there, lo and behold, I find it was very tiny, but I found the signature of Dare Wright. And I was like, ah! I'm touching a book that Dare Wright has touched. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I have, I have touched a book that Dare Wright has touched. But uh, for anyone who wants to know more about Dare Wright and her incredibly sad life uh because People, it was that doesn't sound enticing oh, i don't know what will look basically if you want a story about a lovely woman who had a sad life and multiple nude photographs uh check out the secret life of the lonely doll you had me at nude photos it's, it's, it's in there <laughs> it's in there um i i think they were taken by her mom moving on oh moving wow. on or at least she approved of them. Whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's a thing. <clears throat> so, ratings time. So, this book is well-remembered. I I have a copy at home somewhere. I keep it out of the reach of the children, uh, for obvious reasons. And I Wait, could... Wait, what, what are those obvious reasons? Actually, it's not that obvious reasons. I just, uh... I'm just waiting for them to be old enough for it, I guess, maybe? I don't know. Well, what age range is this book for? Well, it's for small children. I should probably just have them read it. I, I did it when the, my when my daughter was like three, because I was like, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to explain this. Let me wait till she has a little more language, and then we can do the whole thing. But at this point, I've lost the books. They're in my house somewhere. I have no idea where they are. I do mean to pull them out. I thought I was going to pull them out today. I could not find them. So I was like, well, what are the chances that my library has a copy on the shelf? And lo and behold, there was a copy on my shelf. How old a copy, you ask? Why, I don't know, but there are some stamps in here dating back to 93. And the book itself, which appears to be... It's like a kid took a crayon on this thing. Uh, yeah, I like the, uh, the, the pencil illustrations. Yeah, the pencil. By a, by a three-year-old. Some three-year-old just, like, went to on town. On the front on... and back. Oh, is it on the back, too? Yeah. Oh, thanks, kid. Yeah, yes. Yes, they did. And the parent didn't decide to erase it they no. just left it no they just they just left it um by the way you'll notice that it is dedicated to edie and blaine uh edie was her mom uh and it is uh copyright 1957 but this was a 20 no this is a 30th printing uh that we have so we, i don't know what year this was from but it's been in my library ever since and it's in libraries across the country. So if you're curious about this book, I suspect you can go to your local library and find it. And if you can, it's totally in print and in paperback. So Yeah, the cover is uh, it's pink plaid. Oh, I almost forgot the best part. So one year, I had to go and figure out what my Halloween costume was going to be. Did you go as the lonely doll? And my husband went as Mr. Bear. Oh my god! Totally true. 
I got on Etsy a, a pink gingham dress to match, and then I had like the I had like a blonde wig and a ponytail, and I had uh, an apron. And uh, because I hang out with children's literature nerds, they all got it. So tell me, there's a photograph of this? Uh, no. What? No, there is no known photograph. There's a photograph of me with the wig, but that's it. Uh, I know, I know. It was kind of a fail that year. Yeah. But I assure you. Well, you know, I have been. We still have the Mr. Ten months away. (laughs) Exactly. We still have the Mr. Bear hat, uh, which we use. My my husband uses it every single winter uh, sometimes to cover his ears because it's a really good hat. It really is. Yeah, this book has a nice pink plaid cover with a black and white photo of a creepy doll on the front. Oh, she's sweet. You notice her her facial expression never changes. Um, And it's a very neutral expression so that you can put her in like a million different positions. Except for the page where where little bear says we're all having fun and they clearly none of them are having fun none of them are having fun uh, but that's the same expression i mean her eyes are not they didn't she didn't replace heads yeah it's just it's 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 like mona lisa looking at you across the room i mean she she just happens to have a face that you can use in any situation it's a very neutral face well picked dare so, so ratings time. Yeah, you go first this time. <sighs> oh dear. Oh lonely doll. The world would be a sadder place without the lonely doll in it. I will say that because I use this book constantly as an example of photography in children's literature, quite frankly. It is maybe the best known uh, children's book using photography. Sorry, Knuffle Bunny, you don't count. Uh, so, because there's illustration, duh. So, um, but all that, all that being said, that doesn't mean it's a classic. Uh, I, I have a strange affection for it, so I'm giving it a, a whopping big four. That's what I had in my hand. Oh! Yes. A high four. High four. High four. High four. High four. High four. There we go. That was almost painful. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah, I think this is a strong four. Yeah, and a strong not a classic. So much a not a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Down to the, down to the just nitty gritty no. Yeah. Nitty gritty no. There's too many layers of psychological issues. Yeah, I mean, I think a kid can read through this and not pick up on any of it, and I think an adult can read it and be like, I've got to take a Xanax now. I don't. But issues with especially my if that's like out. supposed to be her mom. That is, I can't. It's a even. whole thing. I can't even. Can I, I interest you in the secret life of the lonely doll? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Actually. It's it's actually quite the read. But mm. uh, skip the ending. Okay. Super unpleasant. I'm just gonna say that. Not Great. gonna go into it. Okay. It's just uh, super unpleasant. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Letters time. <laughs> Letters time. Okay, we got two. Um, the first one comes from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And Sarah says, uh, first of all, Kate, how dare you? <gasps> how dare you hate on Madeline? Uh, parentheses. Oh, come it's, on. It, it's okay. I'm not actually mad. Um, <laughs> okay, let's go back to I feel to the like we've point. gotten quite a few letters now about my hating on Madeline. Oh, yeah, that's because I've dragged them out. Um, oh, okay. Because I want to just keep this going. It's, it's so delightful for me. <laughs> so she says, uh, okay, let's go back to the pleasantries. I love the podcast. I have decided that Aww. podcasts should only be hosted by siblings from here on out. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Your witty repartee is beautiful and hysterical. Aww. I 
it's on my tombstone. Um, the amount of times I have burst out in full out belly laughs while driving to work on a Monday has greatly increased Aww. since I started listening to you. The most recent cause being your reference to Eloise in this episode. Betsy, thank you for that. Also, that very special episode needs to happen soon. We need Kate to see that Madeline is truly a gem of a heroine comparatively. Anyway, keep up the good luck. I thought you were just going to end it with gem of a heroine. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? She's like drugged out? I had no idea. I missed something. There's a lot of heroines in that book. I'm sorry, did you I miss mean, that? I mean, it's she's, t- she's lifting up her shirt and it's maybe she's like craze. seeing things. Like, I don't know. Why did she really go to the hospital? <laughs> now we know. Exactly. It's yeah, a scar, quote, quote. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know what that it's one's on the inside of her arm. Oh, there's a PS, I should say. There's a PS. My sister, while being a little more children's book aware than Kate, uh, we have That's seven... That's not hard. <laughs> she says in parentheses, we have seven siblings younger than us, is also not the, quote, living and breathing children's lit, unquote, type that us librarian folk are, so I've made her listen to you as well. She loves you guys. So, thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank thanks. you, Sarah's sister, uh, her unnamed sister. We appreciate that. The other uh, comes from, I believe, our third sister here. Oh, Uh, Stephanie? Stephanie's back. Oh, hey. Stephanie had some lovely things to say. (laughs) So Stephanie actually had a bit of a a Twitter, uh, what's it called when, like, uh, you, you write multiple things on a single topic on Twitter? There's a name for that. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. I should know this. I am on Twitter. chain... Uh, uh, sure, chain. <laughs> What's a chain? It's not chain. It's nowhere near chain. Thread. Thread. It's a thread. Yeah, it's, you know, connecting things. <laughs> chain, thread. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna accept that. Sure. Yeah. Branch. If if you're if you're trying to sew something, if you Yarn. don't have thread, chain chain does just as well. Rope. Rope. <laughs> twine. Yeah. She's got a twine here, and it begins saying, um, "Listen to the always great uh, Fuse Aid and Kate. See how I rhymed." podcast and yes to betsy's point about snow white's doc not having an md why else would sneezy be always so sneezy that's an excellent point i did not think about that then she continues because oh, they she... don't they don't have benadryl i don't know well but he's a doctor he's right. got one job he doesn't have any medicine actually he's got two jobs he minds yeah, but he could give mushrooms but that doesn't cure allergies well, we don't know that there's folk remedies i don't know i've never seen it's snow white so she continues, of course, Dopey would imply that maybe Doc does have some medicinals that aren't always locked away. Did I, or did I not say mushrooms? You did actually say mushrooms. Uh, but, now that I think about it, maybe he's a Doc in the professional slash PhD sense. Uh, that's oh. why he wears glasses. Eyes weakened from all that burp book learning. I would support her on this, except I have seen that film way too many times. I do not remember a single book in that home. I've seen it zero. It could be in his, it could be in his zero No, times. they share a bedroom, so it's not. Zero. You've seen it zero times? Zero times. Yeah. It's, it's actually worth seeing. It's, it, but you know what's even more worth seeing, I'd say? Bambi? Never seen that either. Okay, Bambi is weirdly beautiful. Like, weird, like, you're watching, you're like, why is this so pretty? I don't understand. There was cute little animals, and now suddenly there's this, like, egregiously horrific forest fire, and it's gorgeous. Okay, watch Bambi. That's my plug. Oh, and she continues, finally, and I really just spent too much time thinking about a dwarf's postgraduate career. Thanks, Fusey. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, you have. What would and... he be a, a PhD in? PhD in... Docotomy? Oh, come on. That's a thing. He's like, a doc. It's, it's um... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Moving on. Okay. 
Moving on. <laughs> Grown-up things we like. Ah, yes. Why don't you do that thing? Okay. All right. So... What do you like? Um, you know, like is a relative term. <laughs> okay, grown-up things that we have forced ourselves to go through with. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. Yeah, so the penguinologist and I... Um... <laughs> He's not a penguinologist. I don't even know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the connoisseur of cash flow? Connoisseur nope. of that, cash flow. That would be actually pretty sweet. I Well, that's his title, I mean, so well, I don't know why I'm giving it. connoisseur. <laughs> I don't know why I would have given him the title if that so, wasn't actually what he does. Well, the so. connoisseur and I, mm -hmm. uh, starting two days ago. Oh, that was two days ago? Yes. Oh, it, this explains much. Yes. Okay. Uh, so every time a podcast comes out, it means we've survived another week. Oh, gosh. Um, of, of, <laughs> this, this may be our last one, then. <laughs> of the Bye-bye, viewers. <laughs> of the whole 30. Listeners. I don't know who viewers would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, be the, uh, the whole 30. The is, whole 30. It's a very popular diet. I had no idea. Very how, popular. I had no idea how popular it I is. I have to buy this for my library constantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, there's multiple books about... It's, it's essentially resetting your system. So yeah. no, there's three things. No grain, no dairy, no sugar. Which is essentially, so no bread pudding, which would actually put all three things together. Um, next time I come over. Is there dairy? And... Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, there's yeah. definitely milk poured on yeah, the thing. Yeah. So well, next time I come over, I'm just going to bring a huge pan of piping hot bread pudding hit you and just on the eat head it in front of you. With this right. giant book. I would talk about the picture book, but I'm delicious, delicious bread pudding. I will say this. I just this. gave up chocolate. My diet consisted of cereal, mm. Mountain Dew, yeah, and uh, toast. I'm suddenly really <laughs> approving of this whole thirty thing that you're yeah, doing. It's, yeah, it's it's making me do things like eat breakfast, which oh, I never yes. do. Oh yes, I like that. Um, the the whole no sugar thing. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. Because I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. I don't have any way of consuming caffeine, other than my do. Your do. I do the do. I do iced chai lattes. I can't have that. Yeah, no, because there's milk and yeah. sugar in that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so well, I'll not be doing that, but I have nothing but admiration for you and the connoisseur. Yeah, we are, we're, we're knocking it out. We're doing it to reset. How long are you doing it? It's 30 days. Oh, okay. It's actually in the title. Yeah. It's the whole, the, it's not the whole, the whole 30. It's not the whole three. Right. No. Can't three, move like a little decimal point zero. over there and be Ooh, like, we're girl, done. I would if I could. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you got what? Oh, let me do the math. I can do that math. It's 27. Yeah. You got 27 more days. Ago. Yeah. 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 As someone who blogged for every day in the month of December, I salute you, soldier. Thank you. By the end of this, I will be... You'll be something. So sad. You'll be something. <laughs> this next podcast is just going to be a continual wail from Kate. It's, like, it's just that. And I'll be like... So I, I have a book. And Let me tell you, my coworker had a box of chocolates and I said, can I just smell it? He <laughs> just wafted. And then the after I smelled it, I actually said, it tastes so good. <laughs> You've got a candle out there that's cocoa scented, I think. I you, know. You just lick that for a while. There so can't we'll be any cocoa we'll in it, right? We'll see how, we, how it goes in a month if I, if I continue You it have to understand, or... right now I'm fighting every instinct in my body to find some picture book that is a classic that is about like 
a delicious cake. I'm just glad we already did uh, oh, chance of meatballs. Yeah, chance of meatballs. To be fair, there was some disgusting food in there. I think it, it was su- supported. But there was that right. giant thing of Jello. Yeah, and the pancakes. Oh, the pancakes oh, looked no. super good. Really, Jello? Anything, Jell-O? Betsy. Oh, anything. Moving on. Uh, my grown-up thing is a little different. Uh, it's a movie. So every year, um, you know, we, my husband and I sit down. We watch a bunch of screeners that we get from a friend of. Uh, of Oscar contenders, potentially. And The Shape of Water was one ah, of yes. them. And I had heard many things about this. Um, you know, it's basically Creature from the Black Lagoon, if he was hot. And... But not. But not. Yeah, he's a fishy creature. Right. So, uh, right. he's a fishy guy. <laughs> if you're into fishy guys, boy, do I have a movie for you. Uh, it's Guillermo del Toro. Um, and I very much enjoyed his Pan's Labyrinth. He just won the Golden Globe. He did. And the man knows how to do a mythical creature. I gotta say, when he does a mythical creature, he does it right. What I did not expect, and I am... I, I have to pause here because I think I called Lady Bird a comedy, and then Mom got all like, not a comedy! But it won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It did. So, I think uh, what I need to express here is... <laughs> so... <laughs> With that, mom. Oh, oh uh, she's gonna get she's, you. We'll be having a lot of letters next mom, week, and they're gonna. Can all, I be your favorite daughter now? Shush, shush. <laughs> I think I'm. I think so I'm. So next, so for this movie, I the thing is, I walk out with a certain set of expectations, and then when the, those expectations are not only met but exceeded, then I'm like super happy about it. I expected this. I knew there were really super dark elements to this, and there are. Um, there's some. There's some bloody, bloody stuff. There's some fingers. That keep getting severed and reattached and severed again. It's it's Guillermo del Toro. There's gonna be blood, but there's also musical dance sequences involving uh, tap dancing and sea creatures. There's uh well there's a, I hope you don't like cats uh, and you do like cats. I do Wouldn't, like cats. Would not recommend. Have you seen Stranger Things season two? Yeah. There's a lot of that. Aww. Not a lot, but there's a little of that. Um, but in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, most of the cats live. Okay. Um, and it's there's like millions uh, of cats. Yes, millions. It's yeah. No, it's the opposite of millions of cats. It's just just one cat, and it does not fare well. Um, but it's it's really beautiful to look at, and it's just really fun. It's a fable, which means you can excuse any problem you might have. Like, does Boston only have one dock? Maybe. Um, it's not Boston. It's some story. You know, some. Some eastern seaboard. But it's really fun and really enjoyable and just, I had so much. I, so it, if it was you so don't like creepy things, don't watch it. You know, it's a lot less creepy than his other stuff. It's no devil's backbone. I'll tell you that. Um, and it's even less creepy than Pan's Labyrinth, which had that creature with the eyeballs in his hands. There's none of that. <laughs> it's just, and if you really want to see someone do a super realistic sea creature who, uh enjoys good music and hard-boiled eggs highly recommend this film okay highly it's a delight okay okay well we went from creepy lonely dolls to creepy lonely sea creatures yeah well you know so we, we, we ran to, the gamut way to tie it together <laughs> that's what i thought yeah <laughs> i've been betsy i'm kate bye fusing kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com, 
You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our connoisseur of cash flow is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>